O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, May 22nd. Shabbat Shalom. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken word of God, it is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Naso, and it means elevate. Numbers 7, 41-89 And for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Shalumiel, son of Zerishadai. On the sixth day it was the chieftain of the Gadites, Elyasaf, son of Duel. His offering, one silver bull weighing 130 shekels, and one silver basin of 70 shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour with oil mixed in for a meal offering one gold ladle of ten shekels filled with incense, one bull of the herd, one ram, and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one goat for a sin offering, and for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Elyasaf, son of Duel. On the seventh day it was the chieftain of the Ephraimites, Elishama, son of Amihud. His offering, one silver bowl, weighing 130 shekels, and one silver basin of 70 shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour with oil mixed in for a meal offering, one gold ladle of ten shekels filled with incense, one bull of the herd, one ram, and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one goat for a sin offering, and for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Elishama, son of Amihud. On the eighth day it was the chieftain of the Manassites, Gamliel, son of Pedhurser. His offering, one silver bull weighing 130 shekels, and one silver basin of 70 shekels by the sanctuary weight, 
bowl filled with choice flour with oil mixed in, for a meal offering, one gold ladle of ten shekels filled with incense, one bull of the herd, one ram and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one goat for a sin offering, and for a sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Gamliel, son of Padazur. On the ninth day it was the chieftain of the Benjamites, Avidon, son of Gideoni. His offering, one silver bowl weighing a hundred and thirty shekels, and one silver basin of seventy shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour, with oil mixed in for a meal offering, one gold ladle of ten shekels filled with incense, one bull of the herd, one ram and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one goat for a sin offering, and for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Avidon, son of Gideoni. On the tenth day it was the chieftain of the Danites, Achiezar, son of Amishadai. His offering, one silver bowl, weighing a hundred and thirty shekels, and one silver basin of seventy shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour with oil mixed in, for a meal offering, one gold ladle of ten shekels filled with incense, one bull of the herd, one ram and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one goat for a sin offering, and for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Achiezar, son of Amishadai. On the eleventh day it was the chieftain of the Asherites, Pagiel, son of Okron. His offering, one silver bull weighing a hundred and thirty shekels, and one silver basin of seventy shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour, with oil mixed in for a meal offering, one gold ladle of ten shekels filled with incense, one bull of the herd, one ram and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one goat for a sin offering and for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Pagiel, son of Okron. On the twelfth day it was the chieftain of the Naphilites, Akira, son of Enon. His offering, one silver bowl, weighing a hundred and thirty shekels, and one silver basin of seventy shekels by the sanctuary weight, both filled with choice flour, with oil mixed in for a meal offering, one gold ladle of ten shekels filled with incense, one bull of the herd, one ram and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one goat for a sin offering, and for his sacrifice of well-being, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, and five yearling lambs. That was the offering of Akira, son of Enon. This was the dedication offering for the altar from the chieftains of Israel upon its being anointed. Silver bowls, twelve. Silver basins, twelve. Gold ladles, twelve. Silver per bowl, one-thirty. Per basin, seventy. Total silver vessels, two-thousand-four-hundred sanctuary shekels. The twelve gold ladles filled with incense, ten sanctuary shekels per ladle. Total gold of the ladles, 120. Total of herd animals for burnt offerings, twelve bulls of rams, twelve. Of yearling lambs, twelve. With their proper meal offerings, of goats for sin offerings, twelve. Total of herd animals for sacrifices of well-being, twenty-four bulls. 
of rams, 60, of he-goats, 60, of yearling lambs, 60. That was the dedication offering for the altar after its anointing. When Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with him, he would hear the voice addressing him from above the cover that was on the top of the ark between the two cherubim. Thus he spoke to him. Second Samuel 1, 1 1-2-11 After the death of Saul, David had already returned from defeating the Amalekites. David stayed two days in Ziglag, and on the third day a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes rent and earth on his head, and as he approached David, he flung himself to the ground and bowed low. David said to him, Where are you coming from? He answered, I have just escaped from the camp of Israel. What happened? asked David. Tell me. And he told him how the troops had fled the battlefield, and that, moreover, many of the troops had fallen and died, also that Saul and his son Jonathan were dead. How do you know, David asked the young man who brought him the news, that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? The young man who brought him the news answered, I happened to be at Mount Gilboa, and I saw Saul leaning on his spear, and the chariots and horsemen closing in on him. He looked around and saw me, and he called to me. When I responded at your service, he asked me, Who are you? And I told him that I was an Amalekite. Then he said to me, Stand over me and finish me off, for I am in agony and am barely alive. So I stood over him and finished him off, for I knew that he would never rise from where he was lying. Then I took the crown from his head and the armlet from his arm, and I have brought them here to you, my lord. David took hold of his clothes and rent them, and so did all the men with him. They lamented and wept, and they fasted until evening for Saul and his son Jonathan, and for the soldiers of Hashem and the house of Israel who had fallen by the sword. David said to the young man who had brought him the news, Where are you from? He replied, I am the son of a resident alien, an Amalekite. How did you dare, David said to him, to lift your hand and kill Hashem's anointed? Thereupon David called one of the attendants and said to him, Come over and strike him. He struck him down and he died. And David said to him, Your blood be on your own head. Your own mouth testified against you when you said, I put Hashem's anointed to death. And David intoned this dirge over Saul and his son Jonathan. He ordered the Judites to be taught the song of the bow. It is recorded in the book of Jasher. Your glory, O Israel, lies slain on your heights. How have the mighty fallen? Tell it not in Gath, do not proclaim it in the streets of Ashkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistine rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised exult. O hills of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain on you, or bountiful fields. For there the shield of the warriors lay rejected, the shield of Saul, polished with oil no more. From the blood of slain, from the fat of warriors, the bow of Jonathan never turned back, the sword of Saul never withdrew empty. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and cherished, never parted in life or in death. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. Daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you in crimson and finery, who decked your robes with jewels of gold. How have the mighty fallen in the thick of battle, Jonathan slain on your heights? I grieve for you, my brother Jonathan. You were most 
dear to me. Your love was wonderful to me, more than the love of women. How have the mighty fallen, the weapons of war perished? Sometime afterward David inquired of Hashem, Shall I go up to one of the towns of Yehuda? Hashem answered, Yes. David further asked, Which one shall I go up to? And Hashem replied, To Hebron. The men of Yehuda. So David went up there along with his two wives, Ahinoam of Israel and Abigail, wife of Nabal the Carmelite. David also took the men who were with him, each with his family, and they settled in the towns around Hebron. The men of Yehuda came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Yehuda. David was told about the men of Jabesh Gilead who buried Saul. So David sent messengers to the men of Jabesh Gilead and said to them, May you be blessed of Hashem because you performed this act of faithfulness to your Lord Saul and buried him. May Hashem in turn show you true faithfulness, and I too will reward you generously because you performed this act. Now take courage and be brave men, for your Lord Saul is dead and the house of Yehuda have already anointed me king over them. But Abner, son of Ner, Saul's army commander, had taken Ishbosheth of Saul and brought him across to Mahanaim, and made him king over Gilead, the Asherites, Israel, Ephraim, and Benjamin, over all Israel. Ishbosheth, son of Saul, was forty years old when he became king of Israel, and he reigned two years. But the house of Yehuda supported David. The length of time that David reigned in Hebron over the house of Yehuda was seven years and six months. John twelve twenty to 50 And there were certain Greeks among them, the crowds, that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Yeshua. Philip came and tells Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Yeshua. And Yeshua answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. He that loves his life shall lose it and he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause I came unto this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then came a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spoke to him. Yeshua answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, 
We have heard out of the Torah that Christ abides forever. How do you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Yeshua said to them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walks in darkness knows not where he goes. While you have light, believe in the light, that you may be children of light. These things spoke Yeshua and departed, and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Yeshua cried and said, He that believes on me, believes not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that sees me, sees him that sent me. I am come as a light into the world, that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hears my words and believes not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Psalm 118, 19-29 Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you, for you have heard me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech you, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which has shown us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Proverbs 15, 27 and 28 He that is greedy of gain troubles his own house, but he that hates gifts shall live. The heart of the righteous studies to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Numbers chapter 7, and then we're going to jump into 2 Samuel 1, and then we'll conclude with something from Proverbs. 
Now, in Numbers chapter 7, this entire chapter has been giving great detail about the dedication of the altar of the Mishkan, or the tabernacle. And each day, someone who was the leader of one of the twelve tribes would come forward with pretty much the same offering every day. So the same offering is a silver bowl, a silver basin, both filled with choice flour and oil, a golden ladle filled with incense, a bull, a ram, a lamb, and a goat, and two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, five yearling lambs. And it's the same exact offering each day. So 12 days go by, and each day one of the leaders of that tribe comes forward with their offering. So then the chapter concludes with, This was the dedication offering for the altar from the chieftains of Israel upon its being anointed. This is verse 84. Silver bowls, 12. Silver basins, 12. Golden ladles, 12. Silver per bowl, 130. Per basin, 70. Total silver of vessels, 2,400. The 12 gold ladles filled with incense, 10 sanctuary shekels per ladle. Total gold of the ladles, 120. And then it goes and gives uh, the totals for the animals as well. So this procedure is uh, carefully and uh, in a detailed way laid out for us in Numbers chapter 7. Now, the reason I want to bring this out is because there's going to come a time in the future when another altar is going to go up on the Temple Mount. And when they put the altar up on the Temple Mount, they're going to follow Numbers chapter 7, the procedure there. And a leader from each one of the 12 tribes will bring forward their offering. So it's not just the Jews. That's only one tribe. That's Judah. All 12 tribes, a leader from each one of the 12 tribes. And it will follow the order of Numbers chapter 7. Now, how do I know this? In Daniel chapter 9, there's a very famous prophecy. And it talks about how there is going to be um, an altar on the Temple Mount. And then the altar is going to get shut down. And in verse 27, Daniel 9, 27, it says, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. There it is. The the altar is shut down. He will bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So there's going to be an altar that goes up on the Temple Mount, and then they will dedicate it, following the procedure and the protocol of number seven, and then they'll do the daily Tamid lamb offering twice a day, 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. That was something that was done twice a day, the daily Tamid lamb offering. And then at a certain point, it's going to get shut down. Now, if you've ever been to Jerusalem and you've ever been to the Temple Institute Museum, it's it's a must-see. Um, if you go there, and I've been there several times, they will there's as part of the tour you will see the altar. Now it's a scaled down version. It's not the full size version as laid out in the Bible. It's a smaller version of it, but it is to scale. 
And the guide at the museum was talking about this. And they said, we are ready. We can disassemble this altar. And it has a ramp that the priest goes up the ramp. There's not steps. It's a ramp. And then you go to the top of the, the ramp and, you know, you make the, the sacrifice. There's four horns on the four corners of this altar. So he said, we can take this altar down within hours and reassemble it very, very quickly up on the Temple Mount. When the time is right, we can do this and we're prepared to do so. So they have made plans and they have made preparations and they have done training. Each year, the Kohanim, the priests, train in how to do the uh, altar sacrifices and they practice. They have all the right linen garments. They follow the protocol from the Bible, and they practice at the time of Passover. So I wanted to bring that out. It's something to pay attention to because it's going to happen again in the future per Daniel 9.27. And then Yeshua in Matthew, I believe it's 25, talks about when you see the abomination that causes desolation up on the Temple Mount, then let all those who are in Judea flee immediately. So even Yeshua makes reference to this future prophetic event. Now I want to jump into Second Samuel chapter 1 and 2. And um, it begins with talking about after the death of Saul. What happened after the death of Saul? So we have a young man who approaches David, and he's an Amalekite, and he lies. He basically tells David a story, a big fib, and he, he basically goes to tell David that Saul is dead, and then he tells a lie about how it happened. As you can recall from the previous chapter, Saul fell on his own sword. He was injured. And he didn't want the enemy to finish him off. And so he asked his armor bearer to kill him. And his armor bearer couldn't bear to do so. So he fell on his own sword. Basically, he committed suicide. But this Amalekite lies. Verse 10. I stood over him and finished him off. For I knew that he would never rise from where he was lying. Then I took the crown from his head and the armlet from his arm. And I have brought them here to you, my Lord. So because of this lie... This guy's going to end up quite dead. And David replies to him in verse 14, How did you dare to lift your hand and kill Hashem's anointed? And David calls one of his attendants and says, Come over and strike him down. So this Amalekite is struck down and he died. Verse 23, Now David is going to sing a song, a dirge over Saul and his son Jonathan. And... um. The next several verses are this song or this dirge over uh, Saul and Jonathan. And verse 23 reads, Saul and Jonathan, beloved and cherished, never parted in life or in death. They were swifter than eagles and they were stronger than lions. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Though King Saul had tried to kill David, David deeply mourns his death and that of his close friend Jonathan, Saul's son. In this powerful eulogy, David says that Saul and Jonathan are not separated in death. Radak explains that this means that although they knew they would die in battle, King Saul and Jonathan would not separate from the people of Israel. They do not flee, but rather lead the nation into battle 
and they heroically fall together. They serve as powerful role models for the soldiers of the Israeli Defense Forces, who willingly risk their lives every day for the people in the state of Israel. Continuing on in chapter 2, um, David basically begins to rule and reign as the king over Israel from Hebron. And in verse 4 it is written, The men of Yehudah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Yehudah, or Judah. David was told about the men of Jabesh-Gilead who buried Saul. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. At God's instruction, following the death of King Saul, David goes to the holy city of Hebron. There he is anointed king by the people of Yehudah. Though the prophet Samuel had already anointed him, his anointment by the people demonstrates their acceptance of his reign. King David rules from Hebron for seven and a half years. This shows that Hebron is not only the burial site of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Leah. It is also the cradle of Israel's monarchy. Today's Jewish community of Hebron serves a critical function by preserving Jewish sovereignty over this ancient and historic city and the right of all to pray at the cave of the patriarchs. And again, um, if you ever have occasion to go and visit Israel, um, definitely Hebron is a place you must go and see. It is a very special place. It's to the south. It's south of Jerusalem. And um, when you go, like with a tour bus, and you get to the Cave of the Patriarchs, it's really, really special. You climb up some steps, and then just outside of the actual cave, there is a hall. And that's a place where the men study the Torah. It's like a study hall where they study the, the Torah. And then you go inside, and... It's just very special. Abraham is the father of our faith. Abraham really defines what faith is. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. He believed God for the promise of a son, even though he Sarah was past childbearing years. And because he believed God, he was counted as righteous. So he walked in faith. He trusted God. So it's a very special place. I encourage you to go there if you ever get to Israel. Make sure to to visit Hebron. Now the last thing I want to wrap up with is from Proverbs. And in Proverbs chapter 15 verse 28, The heart of the righteous studies to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. So in other words, the righteous person has self-control. They pull on the reins, and they don't just let words spill out of their mouth willy-nilly, but they think before they speak. Because it says in the word that the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. It is the overflow of the heart. And if we have evil in our heart, if we have unclean things, if we're bitter, we're angry, we're resentful, we have unforgiveness, that's going to come out of our mouth through words. And in James chapter 3, it talks about how the tongue is a small member of the body, but it can set the course of a person's life on fire. The tongue is full of evil. And so um, one of 
the most important things we can do in our walk is to ask God to clean our heart, to give us a spiritual shower on the inside daily, and to have self-control with our tongue and our words. We don't want to do shom hara. We don't want to do evil speech. We don't want to speak negatively about others. We don't want to complain and grumble and murmur. We don't want to gossip. We don't want to tear others down. We want to build people up. We want to affirm and encourage and bless others. And so when we're tempted to let evil words come out of our mouth, to get cranky, irritable, unkind, unloving with our words, with our attitude, we need to put ourselves in time out. It's not just for little children. Adults can put themselves in time out also. If we get frustrated and cranky with someone, put yourself in time out. Take a break. Step out. Step away. And cool off. Ask the Lord to bridle your tongue. Ask the Lord to clean your heart. And be quick to repent. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. There's a reason why God gave us two ears and only one mouth. We need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.